If you've brought a Bible with you this morning, can I encourage you to turn to Psalm 42? And if you don't have one with you, the words will be up on the screen. And can I encourage you to read God's Word along as I read it out loud? Let's read God's Word together. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. While men say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go with the multitude leading the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of Jordan, from the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony and my foes taunt me saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Let's pray as we come to look at this part of the Bible together. Prepare our hearts now, O God, to accept your word. We pray right now that you would silence any voice within us but your own. And that by hearing from you, we would obey you and follow you and do as you command us to. We pray this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. There are times in our lives when we all feel down. Isn't that true? There are times in our lives when we all go through difficult times and we carry about a sadness inside us that affects everything. All of us know that feeling, don't we? I do. Now, everyone who knows me, they look at me and they think that I am a very happy person because I smile a lot. Guilty as charged. And I like to laugh and I like to joke. But don't be fooled. Everyone goes through life and goes through periods of very difficult down times. Times when it almost feels like we're being weighed down by sadness. Where we struggle even to enjoy life. All of us experience those times. 
And right here in the middle of this songbook in Psalm 42, the man who writes this song, this is a period of life that he's going through. He's going through a time in life when he is desperately low, desperately down, desperately sad. Listen to what he says twice in this short song. He says, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you downcast, O my soul? There are three really interesting things about this one little line. Why are you downcast, O my soul? And the first thing is that this man says that his soul is downcast. In the Bible, whenever it kind of gives a picture of being a human, it gives a picture of us having two parts to be our humanity. We have our body, that's our our physical side, our flesh, our bones, our blood, our guts. It's the bit we can touch. So when the Bible talks about being a human, it, it has this part, which is our body. But the Bible also says that all of us have a soul. And the soul is the bit that is inward. It's our thoughts, it's our feelings, it's our emotions, it's our desires. The Bible says that we are made up of body and soul, and it says that they are inextricably linked that they're united together, that they can't be separated from one another. And here, the writer of this psalm, he says that it is his soul that is downcast. Inwardly, he is down. Inwardly, he's sad. On the outside, he might put on the fake smile. On the outside, he might say the words, oh, I'm fine, everything's good, I'm okay. But here he admits in this song that he's not okay inside. I love the honesty of this man. I love the honesty of the writer of this psalm. I'm not okay, he says. I might look okay on the outside, but inwardly I am not okay, Lord. I am downcast. He takes a big step, doesn't he? Because he says it out loud. He admits that he's not okay. And maybe that's the first step in him taking steps towards being okay. Maybe the first step is simply admitting to the Lord that he's not okay. It's hard to do, but that's what he does first. He says to the Lord, my soul is downcast. Inwardly, I'm not okay, Lord. The second thing that's interesting about this line, why are you downcast, O my soul, is the word downcast. To be downcast is to be thrown to the ground. If I was to take my mobile phone here and smash it down there, you get the idea of being downcast. And if I threw my phone down there, it would be totally broken, wouldn't it? It's unlikely it would be able to to work. It would be broken. And that's what this man is saying. He says, I feel like my soul has been smashed to the ground. Inwardly, I feel totally broken. I feel so low, I I, I can't even seem to get up. Have you been there before? That's where this man is. His soul is downcast and, and nothing he can do seems to work to pick himself back up. 
And then the third thing that he does is he, he doesn't understand why, which I find interesting. In this line, he says, why are you downcast, O my soul? It's like he doesn't understand why he's feeling down. Why are you feeling like this? Oh, my soul, why are you feeling so low? Why are you feeling so downcast? What's wrong with you? Can you relate to that? Can you relate to that? You feel down, you feel low, you can't pick yourself back up, and you kind of talk to yourself, why are you so down? Why are you so down, Marty? Your, your life's good. Why are you so down? Things are good in your life. You ever have that experience where you feel down, you feel like you can't get up, and you just can't see why you're so down. You can't figure it out. And sometimes you feel bad about feeling down. You feel like you really shouldn't be down even though you are. Well, what's fascinating here is that even though this man doesn't seem to understand why he's feeling down, I can see at least three reasons why this poor man would be feeling down. He can't see it himself, but for us looking in from the outside, looking at his life, looking at all he's been through, there are some very good reasons why this man is feeling down. And the first reason is that he has experienced negative changes in his circumstances. He has experienced some massive change in his life and it's been very, very negative. And we see that in verse six. Now, whenever we read verse six, you're probably gonna be thinking, how does this show a big negative change? We'll get there, but look at verse six with me now. He says, my soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, from the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. This man, when he writes this psalm, he's in the land of Jordan. That's what it says. It says he's at Mount Mazar, okay? And it says that this is near Mount Hermon. And all of us sitting all these thousands of years later in Belfast are scratching our heads going, well, so what? What's that all about? Well, that was on the border of Israel as you're leaving. That was the last stop before you left the land. And what seems to be happening to this man is, do you remember the exiles that we looked at a couple of weeks ago who were taken to Babylon? He wasn't one of those because this psalm was written before that, but it seems that he's experiencing something like that. It's like this man is being taken off to a foreign country as a prisoner. And there's other clues in the passage that would suggest that he, he calls the people mocking him his oppressors. This poor man has been taken from his home. He's been forcibly removed. And he's been taken away as a captive to another country. Now, is that not a no-brainer? Is that not something that would make you feel pretty down? You see, folks, whenever we experience negative changes in our lives, whenever we experience change to a massive degree or even a small degree and it's negative, it can impact how we feel. It can bring us low. That's why throughout this whole pandemic, as our lives have changed and chopped and changed so much, that's why we've experienced low times over the past 20 weeks, maybe in ways we never have before. 
That's why even as we, as we look to the future and try to plot a plan ahead, realizing life is going to be different, that's why we might be feeling down this morning. Negative changes in this man's life are something that I think have made him feel down. But he's not just experienced negative change. No, he's also experienced mistreatment by others. Have a look at verses 9 and 10. They're on the screen there. Look what it says. It says, I say to, my God, to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? The men who are taking this poor man away, they're oppressing him. They're mocking him. They're even making fun of his faith and his God. Oh, I, where's your God now? He's letting you go through this, is he? I will, where is he? Maybe he's forgotten you. Maybe he doesn't care about you. Where is he? Your all-powerful God. They mock him and they taunt him and they oppress him. There's a lovely little rhyme that we all learn in primary school. Sticks and stones might break my bones, but words will never hurt me. What a load of rubbish. What utter lies. Words are powerful. Words can hurt. Words can harm. And here as this man has been taken away, the words of his oppressors are damaging him and bringing him down. I'm sure you've experienced that. I'm sure you've experienced that in your life. Someone has mistreated you. Someone has spoken to you and mocked you or ridiculed you or ripped you apart. Someone has oppressed you or been mean to you or made your life difficult in work. What happens when that happens? It brings us down, doesn't it? Not only is this man experiencing a change, not only is he being oppressed by people, but also he is just feeling overwhelmed by everything that's gone on. Everything that's happened to him, he now just feels completely overwhelmed by it. He feels overwhelmed by the trials of life that he's now going through. And we see this because in very beautiful poetic language, he compares his life to being kind of, to feeling like a waterfall is just pouring over him constantly. He describes his life as being like breakers, huge waves are just crashing over him one after the other after the other. Look what he says there. He says, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. This waterfall just keeps coming down to me and in the middle of it, I'm crying out to you. But the trials of life that I'm facing, it just feels relentless. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. Lord, it just feels like there's just one wave after another coming and absolutely battering me. I don't know if you've ever been caught in a wave. I was on holiday one time and I was out on a board and, and I was caught by a wave and I was dragged under and there was no way of getting out. I just had to wait and wait and wait for the wave to spit me out and I'm so glad it did. But this man just feels trapped and overwhelmed by the pressures and the trials of life. 
this man, from his own perspective, he's asking, why do I feel so down? But yet as we look in, we see why, don't we? Look at everything he's going through. Look at all he's going through just now. It'd be really strange if he wasn't feeling down. Maybe this morning you're here and you can really relate to this man. Maybe this morning you're here and and whilst you're able to, to hold it together on the outside, maybe even put on the smile, maybe even say the words, I'm fine, maybe you can relate and actually in your soul you are downcast. Maybe you're feeling that this morning. Well, can I just say, no wonder. Look what we've been through. Look what we're going through. And the second thing I want to say is don't don't feel guilty about feeling down. You see, what this passage shows us is that feeling down and being down and feeling sad at times is actually completely and utterly normal. Do you realize that? To feel down at times is actually completely and utterly normal normal. And the reason that I think I need to say that this morning is because we live in a society where happy is good and sad is bad. We live in a society where it says that happy is normal and sad is not. But that is a load of absolute rubbish. Sometimes we will be happy. Sometimes we will be down. And it's okay to be down. It's not wrong or bad to feel down at times. When life is hard, when things are difficult, when we're being oppressed, when we feel overwhelmed, it's totally understandable to feel down. Now there are some Christians, and maybe you're one of them, and you just don't accept that. Maybe as I say that feeling down is normal and and even if you're a Christian, it's normal and and you kind of feel a pushback. Maybe you think to yourself, no, Marty, we have the Lord. We should always be happy. We're filled with the Spirit and a fruit of the Spirit is joy. We should always be happy. We should never experience down times. Well, can I just say that 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 thinking is not Christian? It's not Christian. and, And how do you know it's not Christian? Because that was not the experience of Jesus Christ. Do you think as Jesus looked over Jerusalem and wept because they rejected him, do you think he was happy in that moment? Do you think as he went to the funeral of Lazarus and wept there, do you think they were fake tears? As he was in the garden of Gethsemane, And said, if there is any other way, take this cup from me. Do you think he was smiling saying that? Was the prophet Isaiah a liar? When he said that the Messiah would be a man of sorrows acquainted with grief? The Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sure when we met him, it would have been amazing. And I'm sure at times we would have seen real joy and happiness and delight on his face. But there would have been other times if we were Peter and James and John in the garden 
when we would have seen a man deeply upset, deeply troubled, deeply down. All of us go through times in life when we feel down. So here's a question. What do we do when this happens? What do we do when we experience this in our lives? I want to suggest that we do a number of things. And the first thing I want to suggest we do is what we've been talking about. Recognize that it's normal at times to feel down. Recognize that as the popular saying says in mental health, it's okay not to be okay. That is actually a biblical principle. It's okay not to be okay. And the reason why we need to to have that in our mind when we're feeling down is because if we don't get that, if we don't get that it's okay not to be okay sometimes, what we will do are destructive things to try to make ourselves happy quickly. We'll do destructive things to, to try to bring ourselves up to a happy place again. What do people do when they're down? They feel guilty and then they do all sorts of things to try to to numb the sadness. We turn to alcohol. We, We binge on Netflix just to escape it in some way. We indulge in pornography to try to bring a smile to our faces. We spend money on on things we can't afford with money we don't have in the hope that a bit of retail therapy will bring us back to a happy place. We do those destructive things and there are other destructive things we do, aren't there too? We we close ourselves off from people. No, listen, it's it's bad to feel sad. I couldn't possibly go and see my friends because I feel sad and that's wrong. We shut ourselves off from other people. And at times we may even entertain suicidal thoughts. You see, the problem is that if we don't recognize that it's okay to be okay, we're going to do all sorts of destructive things instead of doing things that can really help. So what are those things that we can do that can really help? In our psalm, we get three, and I'm going to also suggest a couple more. The first thing that we can do is we can turn to God. Turn to God. I don't know about you, but you see whenever I'm in a down low place, for some reason God is the last person I turn to. For some reason I sometimes have it in my head that because I'm sad, you know, God might not like that. And can I really go to him feeling so sad as I am? I kind of treat God like he's everybody else in our society. But that's not what God's like. God is a loving father who loves me even in the midst of my darkest time. Whenever we're feeling low, the first thing we need to do is we need to turn to God. I just want to say this morning that if you're struggling with your feelings at the minute, if you're feeling in a low place, then just know that you probably won't be in a great place spiritually. Why is that? It's because, as I said, everything is interconnected in our bodies. If we're struggling physically, for example, if we're struggling physically, we're probably going to be struggling mentally. And if we're struggling mentally, we're probably going to be struggling spiritually. It's all connected. 
So what I want to say to you this morning is that if you feel far from God, if you, if you haven't been turning to God, and if you've got all this stuff going on, please don't feel bad about that. It's all connected. Don't feel bad about it, but do do something about it. Do this morning, when you go home, turn to him. Do tomorrow, when you wake up, turn to him. Turn to God, make the effort to do that, and it does take effort. It takes a a real movement of the will to turn to God when we feel down. But that's what we're encouraged to do in the psalm. Look what the psalmist says in verses one and two. In the middle of all that's going on, he says this, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. God, you see all that I'm going through. You know how down I feel. But I know I need you. I need you, God. Let's turn to God. That's the first thing we're to do. The second thing that we're to do, and I love this, is we're to pour out our soul to God. You see that in verse four. That's what he says he does. He says, to you, I pour out my soul. The writer of this psalm, the sadness that's in his heart, the sadness that's in his soul, do you know what he does? He opens up his mouth and he pours out this sadness into the ears of God. He opens his mouth and the sadness that's in him, he expresses it into the ears of the loving God. And that's what we're to do too. Men, we love to bottle things up, don't we? We love to bottle it all up. And when we bottle it all up, sometimes it just explodes into all sorts of destructive things. But the psalmist here, he doesn't do that. Everything that's in him, all this sadness, all this pain, all this hurt, all this doubt, all this sadness, he he expresses it to God. He gets it out to the Lord. He tells God exactly how he's feeling, exactly what's going on. He pours out his soul to the Lord. That's called lamenting. He laments. And you know what? Maybe you're thinking, Marty, can I really do that? Can I really be blunt with God and, and tell him how I'm feeling and tell him what to think? Could I really say to God like the psalmist, why have you forgotten me? What's going on here, Lord? Could I really say that? Hopefully not in an irreverent way. But you certainly can say it. You can certainly express all of that stuff to the Lord. Did you know that in the Bible, there is a book which is just full of that called Lamentations? A whole book of God's people lamenting to God about their situation. Did you know that in the Psalms, there are so many songs which are simply God's people lamenting to God about their situation, what they're going through, what they're feeling. I want to encourage you this morning when you turn to God to to let him know everything that's going on, especially if you're one of these people who put on the fake smile. Let the Lord know what's going on. He knows anyway. But what you'll find is a release and a freedom when you do that. 
The third thing that this man does is he puts his hope in God. I love that. I love that. That's what he says. I put my hope, put your hope in God, he says to himself. Whenever we're feeling down, it's easy to feel hopeless, isn't it? It's easy to feel like we are never going to get out of this pit that we're in. It's easy to feel like we're in the middle of the tunnel and light is never going to come at the end of it. It can feel like that sometimes, can't it? What do we do in the midst of that? We put our hope in God. We trust that God can bring light at the end of the tunnel. We trust that God can reach down his hand and bring us up out of the pit. And why do we do that? Why do we put our hope in God? It's not just wishful thinking. It's because he's the living God. The Lord can change circumstances. The Lord can change hearts. The Lord can change minds. The Lord can take the worst of things and turn them into something brilliant. You remember Joseph, don't you? Look at all he went through, all the dark days, all the dark times. But he was able to say, what you, my brothers, meant for evil, the Lord turned for good. This morning, if you need hope, put your hope in the living God because he will not leave you where you are. He can bring you out into the light once more. This morning, if you're in a sad place, a down place, I want you to do these things, but also please know that, that you can reach out to me. I can't fix your problems. You know that. But I can pray for you. I can point you to God's word, to the words he might want to say to you in this time. If you're feeling low this morning and you want some prayer, Text me, call me, email me, Facebook me. Don't turn up at my house at 2 a.m. though because I'll be asleep, but you get the idea. The other thing this morning is that if you're feeling down, if you're in a sad place and you're thinking about going to see your GP, you're thinking about going to get some professional help, go. Doctors and medicine is one of the greatest gifts that God has given us in this day. If you're thinking about it, go and see them. Go and speak to them. Go and get that help as well. God's greatest gifts are often the commonest. And that's one of them. This morning, if you're in that place, put your hope in God. Turn to him. Pour out your soul. And know him. Know him helping you through. In Beirut, there has been that huge bomb and there are many people who are feeling down, many people who are without hope. Apologies, not a bomb, an explosion. So let's pray together now for those folk and then we'll sing to close. Loving Heavenly Father, you know that there are times in our lives when we all feel down. Very often these times are brought upon us by circumstances, or by other people, or by tragedy. Father, this morning we recognize how the people of Beirut must be feeling this morning. When they've had their lives thrown into turmoil by the explosion that devastated their city.
Father, for those in Beirut, we want to pray now. We pray for those who've lost loved ones. Give them comfort and support and the knowledge of your love at this time. We pray for those who've been injured or maimed, those who'll face the rest of their lives coming to terms with physical scars or deep mental and spiritual scars. Lord, give healing to each one. We pray for those striving to give support amid the devastation. Lord, give them compassion and wisdom and skill to do their work. And Lord, we pray for those living among the chaos, those who've lost homes, those who've seen their city destroyed, those who've seen their country left in crisis. Give them encouragement and strength to persevere. Almighty God, we believe that you feel compassion towards the hurting. We believe that you hear the cry of the suffering. We believe that you can truly help those in need because you are the living God. So Lord, help those people in their sadness and in their sorrow and help those of us who are also feeling that pain today. Give us hope, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.